Welcome to Trail Manners, the podcast so dedicated to mountain trails and running that they broadcast out of a 78 Volkswagen bus in the mountains. Who does that? Eric and Joel are your hosts and will bring you the trail life as you may have not heard it before. You hear about everything from gear reviews, nutrition to keep you upright and moving forward, and they'll even bring guests into the bus for conversations that you won't hear anywhere else. It's time for some running adventures on a higher elevation. The old 78 Volkswagen bus is fired up and headed to the mountains. Here are your hosts for Trail Manners, proudly representing the 801 with their passion and love for the trails, Eric Manning and Joel Hatch. Hello and welcome to episode number 134 of the Trail Manners Podcast. Our guests today are Preston Wood and Trevor Fuchs. The Trail Manners Podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment and show notes are found at trailmanners.com. Come back often and please feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Trail Manners. If you're so inclined, Trail Manners would really appreciate any contributions via our Patreon account at patreon.com backslash trailmanners. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get after it. All right, welcome to the Trail Manners Podcast, episode number 134. I'm your host, Eric Manning, and today we are Roosters on 25th Street in Ogden, in the back room where it's nice and quiet. And we've got just freshly coming from Hawaii, um, from the Hurt 100, we have uh, Trevor Fuchs and Preston Wood. We just crushed some chips and some cheese curds. <laughs> um, guys, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's awesome. Glad to be here. So I don't, you know, you guys are used to talking with me and Joel. It's a little different, but now I've got both of you to bounce things off, so that help, that takes the pressure off me. So I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. We'll try our best to fill in there. Big oh. shoes to fill. Yeah, they are. He, I think he wears a size 7 or 8, oh. though, so they're pretty oh. small feet. It's like half of my foot. Yeah, right. Half of my 13. <laughs> you can put both of yeah. <laughs> You can put both of But yeah, you guys just barely got back from uh, the Hurt 100 in Hawaii. Um We've, uh, as we've been enjoying our, our, our beers, our cheese curds, our chips, and our diet Mountain, Dew, Mountain Dew, for sure. Looks like just a really super pale beer. Flavorless. Yeah, like a yeah. watered-down Coors. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> we had some great conversation about the, about the race, so hopefully we can, you know, kind of touch on that a little bit more. But uh, we'll start here with uh, Trevor. Uh, this year, last year, 2018, you finished fifth in 24:32. Mm-hmm. This year, you decided to go faster. Uh, so 2019, you did 23:24, which was second place. Yeah. Um, and then Preston, this was your first time at the race. Have you been to Hawaii before? Never been to Hawaii. Okay, so your first time in Hawaii. First time. Um, and uh, you had a rougher day. Uh, yeah, you know I'm I'm not a superhuman being like <laughs> Trevor. Um, I got my I got my ass kicked a little bit uh, by the course out there, but it was it was a wonderful experience. Well, and we're gonna get into both of your race experiences, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. let you guys just kind of take over and play off each other. Um, but let me ask both of you this question. So. The course record, what was the winning time? It was 20... 22.37, okay. I think. And then, but, and that's fast, right? Really mm-hmm. fast. But the course record in 2013, Gary Robbins did in 19.35. Yeah. Okay, so that's 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 pretty fast. Um, what, in your guys' opinion, number one, can someone break the course record? And number two, what would it take to break that course record after you've been out there? Um, well, I'll start with saying that the course record is Gary Robbins, and and you shouldn't have to say much more than that. Yeah, right. um, dude is unreal, and uh, from what I've been told, 
the trails he runs on every day in his backyard are basically the same thing. So he trains on essentially the herd course. Um, what I've been told being out there is is due to erosion and things like that, that that time is going to be pretty challenging to beat um, just because the the depth of the roots and everything at this point is is quite more than it was back in 2013. Gotcha. Um, this year was, was uniquely special because we had, I want to say, 20 straight hours of off and on rain, but but when it was raining, it was it was really raining, yeah. and uh, the course was just crazy muddy and uh, gnarly and super fun, but definitely slower than it's been, slower than it was last year for sure. So, do you th- do you Trevor think that the course record is doable? You know, it's hard to say. I think you would have to have a very special day yeah. out there, and everything would have to click. Um, Nineteen thirty is fast on any technical <laughs> hundred. Yeah. Um, but this one in particular, it, it seems almost impossible. Um, I f- when I went in this year, I was thinking I could do 21. I was, I was shooting for 21 to 22, and I think if it was a dry year, I would have been on pace for that. Um, but I don't think that I could do 1930 <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, and in talking to Avery Collins last year, who ran it in um, 21:44, I think it was his time on a dry year. Uh, he doesn't believe that 1930 or whatever is possible anymore either. So, you know, it's it's hard to say. Yeah. But what what about you? What's your thought on that? Well, uh, you know, I kept you, you talk to people all all day at the race. Um, you're just always by somebody. That's one of the nice things about it. And uh, I just kept discussing it with anybody around me because I found it fascinating. The 1930, I can't even get my my mind around it. Right, like being on other courses where I've seen what the course records are, like yeah, Jim Wamsley's fourteen and a half hours is pretty crazy, but I I would have to put that Gary Robbins performance up there is almost I mean I I think it's more untouchable because I think somebody I think Jim can break that record next yeah. year, um if he wants to, and I don't know if anybody in the world San I mean maybe I don't know maybe a guy like Killian. Yeah. If it wasn't during ski season um, or somebody like that, that's a great technical downhill runner on a dry year could maybe get close. But I, I think it's fairly difficult to get there. And, and hearing that Avery Collins said that um, and he, he was out there again this year and saw the conditions this year. Yeah. Um, it's pretty it's pretty stout. And the technicality is is just ridiculous. It's, not, it's off the charts. It's an incredible course for that for technicality. But I, to, to finish my thought, 19 and a half hours is pretty steep. I think, I think under 21 at this point is nearing. I mean, that, it's just it's really fast, really fast. Well, now, I will say this: um, to go 19:30, you'd have to do about three three hour and 50 minute loops. Am I doing my math? Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Um, and so mine and uh, Nick Collin or Nick De La Rosa's first lap this year was 3:38, and it was chill. You know, we were we were talking the whole time, very comfortable, um, and that was really before the the mud and everything kind of set in. So, but so in in that regard, doable. If, I mean, if you can maintain that for the entire day and night, obviously you're going to slow down at night yeah. because there's parts of that course when it's dark, it's flat out dangerous. You know, so so I I guess it's doable. <laughs> so, but like you said, it's going to take kind of that everything comes yeah, together, yeah. whether I mean, you whether have it's have... the year, the weather, the course, and then right. your personal everything, nutrition, hydration, yeah, training. Because exactly. now, it, correct me if I'm wrong, the course, from what I think I was talking to Preston earlier, 
the course itself, they can't. They don't really work on the trail, right? Like it's not a lot of trail work that's done on a lot of sections they because do. of the erosion. I think they work on it a lot. Yeah. I think that it's just so hard to maintain them because of weather of the elements. Yeah, and the amount of people. I've heard the amount of people that just hike the trails now is significantly greater than when when the event was first started. For and sure. they don't and they don't close that trail for the race, right? No, so there's no. hikers and especially there's a section um, if you've heard of Manoa Falls, um, that's a very heavily trafficked hike and uh, beautiful falls if you get a chance to hike it or, or walk up there. But um, tons of people hiking even this year when it was torrential downpour the entire time, it didn't really slow people down. You're just constantly saying, excuse me, pardon me, <laughs> mind if I pass? Thank you so much. Literally hundreds of people, hundreds, like hundreds, yeah. not just a few onesie twosie day hikers. Like we're talking about big groups up yeah. there hiking that trail. On slick, dangerous, rocky, rooty trail. <laughs> Watching all of us <laughs> try to run mud. down it and not fall. And they've got their, their, their jeans and their Chuck Taylors or their flip flops or something out there. On Lots that, of Axe sure. body spray. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Smell heavily. Yeah. You're driving by. Oh, that's a good one. That must be a hawk. It's how you knew you were getting close to the fin- yeah. to the aid station. Yeah, the smell of, of all the deodorants and whatnot. <laughs> I can smell. I can smell them. Um, so the race itself, you guys, uh, and I'll let you guys answer however you want like, individually, but how early did you guys arrive? So the race was on, what, a Saturday, Sunday? Mm-hmm. Yep. So time-wise, time wise, did you guys arrive early and stay later or arrive way early and just leave after the race? What, what, do, you, what do you got? We both flew in on Tuesday. Yeah, and we good. both flew in on yeah. Tuesday. And I think that was, for me, that was um, a good deal because last year we came two days before the race, basically a day before the race, and then tried to stay a few days after, and I was just a total wreck afterwards. And so it wasn't much fun, you know, yeah. trying to – walking in sand with, with calves that are completely <laughs> trashed is the worst thing you can do to yourself, I think. And, uh, you know, was, I wanted my wife to really experience – Hawaii and have a better vacation this time, so and have a better chance at adjusting to the humidity. Yeah. So Tuesday worked out pretty good. Yeah. So we, we I was able to get a run in on the course Tuesday night after we flew in and and remind myself how quickly you're sweating everything you have to sweat. You just watching the sweat just pour off my hands <laughs> as I was running was insane. Holy cow. Um, but yeah, so and then we got plenty of time to to just relax and then enjoy the beaches and things. So it was nice. Yeah, and that's I took Trevor's advice and and my other friend that's been out there advised the same thing to kind of get out there before the race and enjoy it that way uh, because you are pretty wrecked and and uh, it's it's hard to enjoy the sand even after my DNF it was hard to get out on the sand really and walk much. But uh, yeah, we my wife and I have talked about it since and. And uh, if I get the opportunity to go back again, we might come out Wednesday and then leave the Wednesday after, just so we're not so rushed after the race to leave. But uh, I think coming out Tuesday or Wednesday is yeah. probably ideal, just so you can get acclimated. Because um, really, you know, it's 80 degrees feels really nice after you've been there for a few days. So let me ask you guys this, because like heading into a race, you're in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. You're not like in Salt Lake City before a race, or you know, even people that head out early to Watt Western or Silverton. Um, you go to Hawaii, there's so much to do and so much to eat, yep. right? And just different stuff. How do you go out that early and kind of stay focused without getting caught up, like anxiety and, and trying to enjoy yourself, right? Because to me, on the outside looking in, it'd be like, oh, I would stay after. Right. Yeah. It, it's done. I can eat what I want. I can sleep how I want. I can do what I want. But your points make sense. It's like you just you don't want to do this stuff. Right. Yeah. So yeah. is it hard to stay eating right? 
sleeping right, um, not doing too much before when you're there that early. You know, the the sleeping part, I think, is easy yeah, uh, going definitely. there. The, the sleeping part only became a problem for me coming back. Because, I mean, the race started at 6 a.m., but that's 9 a.m. here. Yeah. Yeah. It's like sleeping and, in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you felt really rested early in the morning. Um, I kind of felt the toll maybe at night on the race course, like it felt really late, really early. Gotcha. But, uh, you know, sleeping wasn't an issue. It was pretty relaxed. We didn't have kids there, so that was kind of a vacation in and of itself. Um, to not have to worry about that. And then eating wise, I, I tried to be careful, but I still enjoyed it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I figured that if, if one meal was going to ruin me, I wasn't ready for the race anyways gotcha. and something else would have ruined me. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I didn't like go crazy, but I, I ate well yeah. the week of. For sure. Yeah. I told, I told my wife Tempest that we'll eat anything. It doesn't matter except for Friday. And then I'm going to back off a little bit gotcha. and just, you know, just play it safe. Gotcha. <laughs> Nothing sketchy was, yeah. on, on Friday. Um, but I think the, the key was just to not overthink it, you know, and just treat it as a vacation. And I think that's helpful in, in a lot of ways, but also, um, it's easy to just enjoy the beach and everything and, or whatever you're doing out there, whether it's Pearl Harbor or whatever, it really gets your mind off the focus where if it's a salt lake race yeah. i'm stressed about it for the few days leading up to it you yeah know? where you're a little close and mm-hmm. yeah. don't have that something to break you and, i would have yeah. been crushing like fish tacos and poke mm-hmm. bowls oh, i was poke bowls every day oh, I was, every day i did too yeah <laughs> but see that but if i look at it it's like that's a good thing though because a poke bowl that's it's not carbs, like man. gonna hurt you nah. fish right? and rice man yeah like yeah. if you're doing or a race tofu and rice. Tofu and rice. yeah yeah or fish and rice yeah <laughs> fish and rice that's i had a lot of fish a lot of fish but um, but yeah, that's not something that's necessarily going right. to weigh no, you it's, down it's pretty safe, yeah. Yeah. compared to if you're going to, yeah. And I, I mean, and Trevor got out for runs. I got out for runs when we were out there. I mean, it's not like I was just a slug and we were walking around a lot. Maybe that was something that I'd tone back a little bit. I mean, I, I have my, my activity counter, you know, like my step tracker on my watch as well. And like my steps didn't really go down and maybe I should have taken it a little easier, but I mean. In Hawaii, yeah, I'm in Hawaii. Your, your I want to walk, walk on the beach, or I want to walk yeah. to different places. Yeah, there was stuff. There was definitely things that I would like to do there that I refrained from. Like, there's a lot of hikes and, and yeah. just cool places I'd like to explore that I tried to avoid doing stuff like that. You know, I'd go out for my shakeout run, and then we'd just kind of be chill, whether it was the beach or going out to eat and, and things like that. But someday I'd like to go and, and try all that stuff there. You know. So you guys mentioned, um, and we'll get to it too. The, the um, the weather on the course rained a lot. Yeah. The the prior days before the race was the weather rainy a lot, or were you able to get out on a beach and, mm-hmm. and work on your copper tone tans, or what? <laughs> Not much tanning for me. <laughs> I'm a little pasty and redheaded <laughs> for any kind of tan anytime. But uh, you know, it's kind of hard to say what the weather was like on the course because I, it, as my wife said, Manoa had its own weather system. Gotcha. Right. Um, it was totally different up there. So it could have been raining a little bit, but we didn't really see much. It's, it rained Thursday, Thursday night. night for mm-hmm. like five minutes in Waikiki. And then I was told it rained all night, all night Thursday night. Uh-huh. I, w- I was sleeping, but yeah. that's what I was told, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't. but I didn't see much. And, I mean, it's always going to be damp there. Yeah. Just it's mm-hmm. a rainforest. But as far as the actual raining goes that we saw, as far as the vacation, it was all during the race. That's the only time I yeah, got rained much. on. Personally. Otherwise, it was great vacation yeah. weather. Uh-huh. <laughs> so let me ask you, because I kind of probably skipped over this. When did you guys, the race was Saturday, Sunday. When did you guys fly back? Tuesday? We flew back Monday night. We took the red eye at 11 p.m. Hawaii time, so Tuesday morning here. Okay. As that was a little rough. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you, on the, what I'm getting a kick out of with you, uh, Preston, is your way over. You had an 11-hour layover oh, yeah. in L.A. airport, right? Oh, yeah. There was lots of floor <laughs> sleep, and I felt like just a street bum, you know, laying on the ground. <laughs> Katie and I are just sprawled out there. We tried to find a quiet place. Some cat lady came and sat by us, you know, like started talking to us. Fire alarm was going off the whole time. It was a wonderful 11 hours in L.A. <laughs> At the airport. Yeah, at the airport. That, and which was it, the LAX? Oh, yeah, it was oh, LAX. The, to me, the worst one. It's pretty bad. <laughs> Out of the LA one. And I was saying before the podcast, I'm like, I would have skipped over to Disneyland for five hours or yeah, something. Yeah, if I wasn't so tired, I think we would have. Yeah. Smack some churros, some yeah. Dole Whips, turkey legs. Just slam it. Yeah. yeah just getting ready sure. to go. Yeah. So we flew back Tuesday morning, but we had a little fun on Monday night. Um, about 1230, the fire alarm went off at our hotel. And we were evacuated, and we were on the 17th floor, and uh, I was hurting. I was hobbling, and so we got out to the emergency exit, and I turned to my wife, and I said, there was probably expletives involved, but I said, there's no way I'm walking down the stairs. I was like, I'm going to burn to death if there's, a, if there's actually a fire. There's just no way. Where's the pool? I'll hit it from here. <laughs> exactly. See if I can jump. I've seen Die Hard. I can hit it from here. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we ended up getting lucky and getting in the elevator before it got shut down. But, uh, we yeah, we were evacuated from our hotel Monday night for, for three or four hours and then had to go back to sleep for an hour and then go catch our flights. So awesome. But we, no but no missile threat. No missile threat. No missile so threat. that is a plus for this year's race. Definitely. We might have had it might have been really wet, rainy, but no missile threat. Exactly. Nobody so thought take, they were gonna die. Yeah. Take well, the good, at until least you get really. the fire alarm. Yeah. Well, yeah, you feel like until it, right? your third lap in the middle of the night <laughs> and then you think you're gonna trip off something and okay. fall off something. This is a great this is a great segment. So I've heard um, that it's it would be fairly easy to absolutely just fall off the course off a cliff at some points on the course. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's multiple signs on the course that say not only dangerous cliffs, be careful, but also the the land breaks away all the time. I mean, there's just warnings all over. Yeah. So, so little different warnings than if you're running here locally. Hey, there's a there's a sign up on the north side of Ogden Canyon that says there's possible landslides. I mean, it's exactly the same. Are the yeah, pictures the same? same? <laughs> like stick figures falling over a cliff or something? No, I just exact. Yeah, no, so it's not the same. But you never feel unsafe until it's dark. I mean, yeah. at least that was our experience. Totally. Like, we talked about this already a little bit, but I, uh, yeah, I didn't feel unsafe at all, really. And then you just start getting sketched out by your own athleticism as the day goes on. You just don't feel like your legs are going to move properly. Because it could be at some point. I mean, I've seen pictures. Obviously, you guys are the pros. haven't been on the course. But, I mean, you could – you guys are saying earlier, there's really, what, 200 yards of the course that are where you don't have to focus, right? Yeah. Yeah, not longer than 200-yard stretches, right? I mean, you got small sections throughout the course where you don't have to focus. But and when I say but focus, even then, you don't have to really look at your feet. That almost yeah. becomes more dangerous. It does. Because there's there's things poking out everywhere. That, <laughs> yeah, there are. And your, your brain gets tired, you know? You're spending so long uh, just – just navigating this unending maze of roots and everything, your brain flat out gets tired. Very it. tired. So, so how's hurt so different? Um, you both have won, run hundred mile races. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Western, um, Bear, Wasatch, Wasatch. Bear. Mm-hmm. How is hurt so different from those? I, I mean, those are iconic hard right. races. How's hurt so different from those in your guys' eyes? Well, I'll just do matter of fact. Um, just apples to apple, well, apples to oranges, because nothing's really the same. How about apples to coconuts. Yeah. Well, you you <laughs> look at like the bear, right? Mm-hmm. And the first 52 miles of bear to Tony Grove, I think there's like 13, almost 14,000 feet of climbing. 
um, close to it, maybe a little less. I might be exaggerating, but you get a, a big chunk of climbing in those 52 miles. And I think my first year at Bear, when you know I wasn't didn't know what I was doing, I think that took me 12 and a half hours. Um, and I think this year at Bear, when I was having a pretty rough go at it, it took me like 10:45 to get there, 11, uh, maybe. And uh, I think it hurt. Um, it was to the 52 mile mark where it's got 15,000 feet of climbing ish, uh, maybe so you know, close, a bit close, right? Yeah. Not, it doesn't seem like much more. I think I was a solid 14 and a half hours. Wow. Um, yeah. And that's, that's just me, yeah. you know, comparatively. And so, you, you know, you look at the elevation profile and you say, okay, a hundred miler with 25,000, that's Wasatch. Right. right? Mm-hmm. But it's not. <laughs> Every climb is more or less a scramble, to be honest. I mean, there's there's some points where it's it's easier, but you're just you're always picking your feet up, and you're always basically making those lunge movements and everything. And you know, if you don't have strong legs, you're going to feel it real quick. So is it now? Is it now for our listeners and people that may not as familiar with it? Is it a loop course? Correct. Okay. So what's the what's the loop, like mileage wise? Twenty miles. So you're doing five of those. Right. Right. Yeah. And are you going the same direction every time? Yep. Yep. So you get to look forward to the same section five times. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and it's even more fun than that because there's out and backs too. Okay. So yeah. it's like a it's like a dog ear type loop shape with out and backs. And so all the climbs, except with the exception of the first climb, hogs back, um, you do all the climbs in reverse too. So you get you get to go oh, up gotcha. and down them five times yeah. each. And so. yeah, like I heard Gary Robbins talking about the course one time, and he said there's 13 miles of unique trail on the course. <laughs> so it's a 20 mile loop, but there's only 13 miles of anything that's different. So once you run the 13 miles, you're gonna retread seven miles in that in every loop. So it's a half marathon of unique trail, <laughs> yeah. and then everything doubles back on itself, or you go over it even more than twice. So in so. your guys' eyes, is that a good thing or a bad thing, as opposed to like a point to point? I mean, for you, the way you like it. I'll let Preston answer. Yeah, <laughs> you know, for me, <laughs> for me, you know, it, when you're in a low spot, it can be a downer. Right. Like Trevor, the last time I saw him, we got into the same aid station. At a, well, I had been there a few minutes before Trevor got there. And uh, it was at Nuanu, which is the, the last aid station before the start finish. And uh, there's a big climb out of there. And it's probably the most technical climb. Um, and just me being in a low spot where I w- had been sick for a while, uh, looking or thinking in my mind what I had to go up uh, exactly and knowing exactly I'd already been up it twice. Um, it was very daunting to, yeah. to leave that aid station and just know no that, what's ahead. yeah, and, and that, that climb in spots really is a scramble and like you're, you're climbing. <laughs> so it, uh, it was very intimidating. Yeah. I love it, man. He's <laughs> <laughs> sitting with a great big smile on his face. I, th- I think, um, I might be a bit more of a masochist than, than most people, but, um, I love the mental challenge of that, of knowing exactly what you have, knowing exactly how much it's going to suck, and just grinding it out. <laughs> and I mean, if I have any strength in these silly things, it's that I'm a grinder for sure. Um, but I, I love it, and I think it's just a totally different um, 
to a certain extent, it's kind of like doing the same race over and over again, year after year after year. You get get a feeling you know what you're you're in for and everything, but you're just doing it five times in one year, and it's it, there's just something special and unique about it, you know. Can you strategize? I mean, does that? I mean, absolutely. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, you've done it a year before mm-hmm. your first year, but I mean, every loop, can you kind of maybe pick a different line or you know going up a climb or strategize foot you know, placement yeah. or whatever? Does, mm-hmm. that, does that work for both of you? Yeah, I think so. But I also think to a certain extent, as much as it's the same course over and over, it kind of changes each loop. There's there's little different things about it each time, so it gets a little more muddy, a little more wet, for example, and there's just kind of different things that you have to deal with, or there's more more tourists going to Manoa Falls or, or whatever. Or light, that you have to dark. Around. Light, dark. Um, dark there is a, is a huge challenge, and I, I think anytime you're I don't know. So many plans go out the window at the nighttime there. Everything gets gets incredibly slippery, incredibly dangerous, and it's you just can't you can't see the the canopy of the rainforest above you is just so dense that unless you have really good lighting, you just you can't see a thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. But as far as the the loops in general go, I just love that aspect of it, and I think it presents a different challenge that's unique. Um, and fun, and I can see how it would also be daunting and, and crappy, but for me, it's uh, it's just too much fun. Well, know. and let me be clear, too. I think part of the daunting nature of it is I just want to I'll kind of backtrack a little bit, but I was scared of this race. Let's be clear. Like, I knew that it was going to be hard. Trevor had told me, my buddy Ian had told me um, how hard it was, and, you know, that's coming from two guys that are grinders and that aren't really intimidated by anything to tell me that it's hard. You know, it was, I was nervous and I had no idea what I was getting myself into, uh, as far as the difficulty. But now that I've been out there, uh, I can see how you could relish the attack and like, okay, I'm going to go get after it now because I know that I'm going to do this. And I, you know, I know what I've got to do it. And I just kind of, as I was getting sick, I let myself get beat down. And that's what the course does. I think that's why the finisher rate is so low. And would we decide it was like 55% or somewhere in that area? 60 maybe? No. no. This year I think it was 53, 54%. Okay. Historically yeah. like 42 or yeah. 43. So it was kind of a positive yeah. year. Yeah. yeah. And it's, uh, yeah. I, I think my attitude going back whenever I get that opportunity would be a little bit different. Um, but not as... I wouldn't relish it as much as Trevor does <laughs> at the bottom of Nuanu when you have to go up that and you're just like, oh my hell, you know, it's just, it's really difficult and it's just slow that, and that's the hardest thing for me is like just wrapping your mind around how slow it is. You know, Trevor said his first loop was 338 yeah. and mine was five hours. Wow. Um, and that's not that slow of, of a first loop. Um, it's kind of what I wanted. I wanted like between 445 and five hours. And, uh, I, but it felt really slow. It's just, it's very tedious because you have to stay focused and that's what makes the the race so amazing. And where did you decide to pull the plug like mileage wise? I pulled it after three loops, um, after 60 miles. Okay. So I just, uh, I'd had a real rough go. My third loop took nine hours. And you were saying your first one was five. Your second one was, it was like five forty-five. Okay. Which then, is kind of where I wanted to be, you know, between 30 and 45 minutes slower, I figured. Um, and then that last loop, I just, uh, uh, the wheels came off after the first climb. I felt good and started to run. And then 
everything fell apart. And what was that? You said that third loop was what? It was after the third loop. Like your time on the third Oh, loop. it was a, it was nine hours. Nine. So it's almost yeah. your first two loops pretty yeah. close to those combined. It took, it took me oh, just over 20 hours to run 60 miles with 15,000 wow. feet of vert. Man. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was the real deal. The people I was in the aid station with when I dropped were the majority of the last hour finishers. Like, that's who yeah. I was there with. It was the people that came in chasing with. Chasing cutoffs. Yeah, that the, I was chasing cutoffs already at that point. Someplace that I've never been. I was going to say, you've never had to never, worry about Yeah, I've like never that. been there, even when I was 235 pounds at Bear and, and uh, didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't anywhere near a cutoff. So that kind of, per, for perspective for everybody of what it is. And it's wonderful. It really is. I, <laughs> I have a weird obsession with it already. I I just really love the race. As my, I mean, that probably sounds nuts, but after dropping after that, but I, I really, it's amazing. Well, let's talk, let's talk about that a little bit because I know we, we had Trevor on last year. I've talked to you a little bit, Preston, um, earlier in the week, but what's the scene like there? You know, I mean, you like I said, Preston, you've done Western, and everybody looks at Western as literally the pinnacle of the U.S. trail running. Some will look at Hard Rock, some will look at Western. Those are kind of the two. Yeah. You know, and you've done, Trevor, you've done, you know, Wasatch and won that race multiple mm-hmm. times. What's the scene? Okay, here's a two-part question. What's the scene like there, and how is it so different? I'll be really quick, and then okay. I'll let Trevor hey, talk. No it's worries. classic ultra. When you hear about what ultra running used to be, I think this is probably as close as it gets, and yeah. it's awesome. Yeah, definitely. It, I mean, it's it's just welcoming. Like, when you show up to pick up your, your bag and your packet and everything, most people there already know your name. And um, and that was even last year when, when I'd never run it before. Um, it's just – and everyone is there to help you reach your goal. You know, there's no, like – nobody's volunteering to get their scout merit badge or anything <laughs> like that. Everyone's volunteering because they love this race yeah. and they want nothing more. And they've run it 100 times, you know. You know. And uh, – and they just want to help people out. They just want to give back. And, and when you get into an aid station, you have four or five people, including the aid station captain, in your face right away. Like, what can I get you? You need anything? Trying to get your drop bag. And, and um, you know, to a certain extent, because I had my wife there, who's like the most amazing crew ever. And uh, I almost had to had to bat them off with a stick. You know, I was like, <laughs> it's, it's okay, guys. We got it. I, got I, this covered. I appreciate it. I love you all. Thank you so much. Um, but, yeah, it's just... It's it's almost overwhelming the positivity that you get, and um, I mean, you're coming into Paradise Park. I don't even know how people know they've got someone with a radio calling your number, and you have to turn a corner, and it's like all there's trees, so no one at the aid station can actually see you. But before you get in there, people are cheering your name, you know. And and I'm not just talking the front runners no this is everybody everybody this in is, the race this is me the weird guy with the purple utah jazz hat on and the mustache <laughs> like no it, and i wanted to reiterate that because sometimes the leaders get better treatment i think uh just because they're the first ones there yeah and there's 10 people at the aid station mm-hmm. ready to help but every time i went to an aid station there was three people asking me what i needed asking me where my drop bag was and then the same thing my wife was there she's amazing and helping me and had everything ready but you almost feel bad telling these people that flew out to volunteer that you're okay like there was this guy he i think he's originally a local hawaiian guy but uh at nuuanu when i was feeling really really terrible um that he sat there with me and katie and he just he's like let's try this i think i mean when i've been really bad here like this is let's do this and you know and it, it was incredible Western States has wonderful volunteers. They take really good care of runners. They make you feel really important 
times that by 10 and you have the hurt volunteer crews. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible. And they, they have pacers on speed dial. If you're not feeling good, they'll call somebody and they'll find you a pacer. That's insane. Um, and just, just a number I'll throw out there because it's mind-blowing to me. Um, there's 130 to 135 runners. 400 volunteers at three aid stations. Jeez. And, you know, that, that includes people course marking and everything like that, but 400 volunteers for 130 runners. So that's, an, that's if that tells you anything. <laughs> when, I, when I wanted to drop, there everybody was doing everything they could to not have me drop. There was two or three people volunteering to pace me. There was everybody, aid station captains are there. Like, what, what do we have to do? Let's change, you know, let's change your socks. Let's change your shoes. Let's get you out of here. Because they they want you to finish, they want you to be a hurt finisher, and they feel like that's why they're volunteering. I mean, they really are invested in every runner that's on that course, and it, it it's great. So, so Trevor, let me ask you real yeah. quick on your race. You finished second, mm-hmm. and I was kind of watching from afar, obviously, and, and kind of looking at the the leapfrog and the leader. Right. And first, a shout out because I'm a soccer dude, so yeah, Nate yep, Jackwa, yeah. you know, and we talked about it on single track session. I think that's pretty cool, but. How how was your race different this year? I mean, you cut basically an hour off, mm-hmm. right? And the conditions yeah. were worse this year, definitely uh, yeah. condition wise. How did you cut an hour off, and how did your how did it go up at the front? Because there was some there was yeah. some leapfrogging and hopping and moving a little bit throughout yeah. the day. Um, so I guess I'm gonna get a, a monkey off my back here. I'm, I'm not super thrilled with the <laughs> with the time and with the finish. Um, I definitely went in wanting to go around 21 hours 21 to 22 um and i knew right away so i I started the race pretty quickly with um nick holland most people know him as nick de la rosa yeah um barkley finisher yeah if anybody knows anything about this guy pretty much all you you have to say is barkley finisher (laughs) but you can go down his list of credentials and they're insane he's been running ultra since he was 18 or whatever so um and we just we just kept a good pace and kept talking and uh finished our first loop in 338 and as we started our second um, he was having some issues. Uh, he'd had, he had surgery, open heart surgery last year in January and, uh, had maybe a kidney stone or something like that. So, um, he, he started falling behind and I, I turned around and asked him if he was okay. And, uh, he said he was just cramping, you know, no big deal. So I just kind of kept going and, uh, figured he'd catch up, but I realized at that point I was feeling really good. And so I, w- I was just cruising, um, and before long, I realized he had dropped off, and I was getting a little nervous um, because of the health scares that he'd had in the past. I was yeah. I was nervous something was going on. Um, and it, it turned out that he was he was pretty lightheaded and having some uh, just elevated heart rate and things things that were scaring him. And he ended up dropping out on that first leg of the second second lap. Um, but I was feeling pretty good. And then the heat crept up and the humidity crept up and i just felt like i was running a fever um my head was super hot and i couldn't get anything to cool it down we were shoving ice in my hat and and it just was burning up and my my heart rate was getting elevated and this started around maybe the the second climb i guess of the of the second lap and so i just went into conservative mode you know i was just kept grinding and just slowed my pace down a little bit and just made it through uh the climbs were the worst just because my heart rate was was up there but um, just kept going, and I felt like that was eventually going to pay off um, in the end. And uh, Masa, Masazumi caught me, and he was looking good. It was it was clear right away. So uh, Masa's come in third at this race the last two years wow. and was coming into it. Um, he's also a very strong runner. He came in second at Bear this year, and he's won, like, Zion 100 and stuff. So uh, very strong runner. He, he just 
looked like he was going for it. Like, course record was on his mind. <laughs> he was gunning for the win, 100%. He was running up climbs that I feel like no one has any business running up, wow. you know. And uh, that made me nervous that he'd feel that later. And I kind of wanted to say, hey, man, you know, it's a race, but but just chill out a little bit, you know. But, you never, you know, let everyone do their own thing. And he was he was just crushing. And I think at some point between those second and third laps, he might have put a close to 30-minute gap on me. Um at that point, I just I, I wasn't nervous about it because I I was feeling good, um, definitely feeling like I was running a fever for some reason, and uh, just just being conservative, and I knew that that would pay off. So um, once we started the fourth lap, it got dark, and I had a great light system and and just knew the course, you know, and was feeling comfortable. So I was able to to start reeling them in a little bit, um, and I reeled in Massa by the last leg of the fifth lap, but Nate just ran a really patient, really strong race the entire time. I, I think on the first loop, he was probably like 45 minutes back. He was he was back there for sure, wow. and he just kept, kept creeping up and just was super strong and ran a really smart race. So I think that I was too conservative in spots, and then I was too conservative, conservative at night as well because it, it does get dangerous and scary for sure, and I at some point made the conscious decision that I was just going to make it home alive and not, not risk anything. Um, but now in hindsight, I feel like I could have taken more risks and, and probably won. I was, I was fit to win this race and I was confident that I could win the race. And I will be totally honest that I went there to to win the race. And so to come in second is, um, is awesome. Don't get me wrong, but I also still have uh, regrets about it. Um, but it'll just fuel the fire for the future. So, well, for Utah as well, I mean, we came, we've had a cold spell right before you guys left, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had, like, cold weather, chill. Yeah. It hasn't been ideal training for a race like this. Right. So is there a place, other than, say, over on the island, like, um, you know, Nate, and I don't know where Nate's even from, to be honest with you. Pacific Northwest. Okay, and that's yeah. where Matza is, right? And Correct. Yep. Nick Demas, mm-hmm. um, it's all the Pacific Northwest. Do you think that is an advantage. I mean, they, they're, it's wet, and I've been up there in uh, in yeah. Bellingham. The trails are rooty. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're hurt rooty, but it's it's similar, right? Yeah. I mean, the, this the environment. They have canopies. They have trees. It's wet mm-hmm. compared to, you know, snow and and ten degrees and right. things like that. Is that in your guys' eyes an advantage at all? Like having an opportunity to train that way, or is it just once you get there, it's all bets are off? I would say both. Yeah. I I figure it's got to be good to be training in a place that's that's humid and more like the trails um on the hurt course but at the same time it's one of those things that you can't control everything and you you can't unless you live there you can't train in those exact conditions so you just have to go grind it out did you guys do heat training like saunas and stuff yeah yeah definitely. yeah mm-hmm. both, a lot both did yeah so i I might have backed off a little bit from what I did last year. I think I went a little overboard last year and went into the race um, deficient in a lot of minerals and things like that, um, especially magnesium. Because you had cramping issues last year. Yeah, so I had them this year too. But not as bad? Uh, Well, it's debatable. They (laughs) they started, and then I actually brought Hot Shot with me this time. I'd never used it before, and one sip of that shut the cramps up quick. What was it? Hot Shot. Hot Shot, all right. And they had they had pickle juice at the aid station. I think I might have had a part of that because last year I was asking, does anybody have pickle juice? And they're like, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> so you're the yeah. trendsetter. That's <laughs> weird. They didn't have juice. it last year. Yeah, no. That's crazy. And did you guys so, sauna together? Uh, we sh- we talked about it. Yeah. We didn't, joked about it when we didn't do it. That would have been an Instagram story. It would you guys have been doing great. lunges in the sauna room together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's yeah, the sauna room at Vasa 
like Trevor said, there's no shame at the sauna room at Vasa. And it's tiny. And, and there's, there's more people in that sauna than most any sauna. There's, there's always like 20 people. It's tiny bad. It's I just want to see you guys in a sauna with a headlamp. Right, your vest on, and and oh, just a handheld, just be just doing lunches with your yeah. dad, just like I'll kid it out, <laughs> you know, yeah, freaking no. people out. Well, and going back to your question about the Northwest, I think uh, you know my nerdy ultra running fanboy side of me. Uh, if you look at the race results historically, a lot of the faster times are by people from the Pacific Northwest. Well, Candace Burt, I mean, she's yeah. up in yeah, Washington. and well, you just look at like. Um, Sorry, uh, Yassine, right? Yep. He's from the Northwest. Yep. Jeff Browning at the time was living in the Northwest. Yeah, yeah. Um, Gary is in the North. Well, I mean, I guess it's Southwest Canada, but we'll call it the Northwest. Yeah. Um, and just like we, we went through the na- list of names, I think it helps. But, you know, you can't really worry about that, like Trevor said. I think our last big weekend, uh, we both kind of had the same big last weekend. Uh, when I started my long run that that Saturday, it was like w- with the wind chill, it was like two degrees or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you guys didn't wear like stretchy <laughs> pants in Hawaii? Uh, no, no. The idea is to wear as little clothing as possible. Then, yes. Sure. <laughs> well, I can't run this race then. <laughs> no one wants to see that, man. Yeah, and then just to kind of commentate on what Trevor said about what the race was doing up front, every time one of those guys w- went past me, I was just in awe Yeah. Uh, watching uh the leaders just float on the roots and float down down the things where I was literally like there's these steps right there's these metal steps where they filled them in with dirt kind of like the Grand Canyon with the poles right where yep. they have the, the steps but these are metal they like metal barriers and it's eroded so there, there's like a four inch lip on the steps and then you have to jump over that four inch lip and then down to the next step and then over the four inch lip and then down to the next step. And, uh, like it, in the night I was literally like standing on that and then jumping down <laughs> and then like standing on it and jumping down. And, and when I saw Trevor on his fourth lap and I was on my third lap, um, coming out of, Mo- um, Manoa falls, uh, just watching him go down that and watching Matsuzumi go down and everybody, I was just like, I was in, in awe watching the leaders. It was like it's like watching a different species, you know. So let me ask you that. So you're in awe, but I've talked to people that have done loop courses. I've done them before. When people pass you, there's there's like two trains of thought. There's the in awe, and there's the discouraging part. Yeah, it wasn't right? discouraging yeah. ever because everybody's so nice. Yeah, but I mean, and just like, for yourself, like I oh teased Trevor you because he had bib number 27, and I called him Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert, <laughs> <That's right. you> know, <laughs> so which is the jazz center for all those yeah, others. Where's number 27? <laughs> um, but anyways, just stuff like that. Everybody's so nice. Like, there is no feeling of elitism at all at that race. It's just everybody is there for everybody else. And the course is so humbling. That goes out the window (laughs) so fast. It does. You you can't have an ego. No, you you cannot at all. Or if you show up with one, you're not going to leave with one. No, no. Well, I think you're mentioning one thing is, like, the racers. You know, you talk about those people in the Pacific Northwest. You've seen, you know, all these names. I mean, they're not only from that area, but they're just all... Crushers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're amazing athletes. So, yeah. I mean, that, that helps when you're looking at that list of names, yeah. Jeff Brownings and, and Gary Robbins. I mean, that's a big, big help yeah. as well. I think, you know, a good barometer, if you think you're going to do well on this course, is how well do you run off trail um, going up and down? How well do you move up steep ridge lines off trail? 
Um, that, as far as stuff around here, I think that's the only that's, thing you could do to simulate it. <laughs> like Trevor told me, we were, we did a few runs together, or just portions of runs, and uh, he told me that he had come up with some ideas of how to train. And I, I didn't really understand what he was meaning by this when he told me. I thought he was kind of crazy. Um, but he said, you know, he had thought about putting tires on a steep decline and doing like high knees, like football <laughs> drills through the tires. And I was like, well, that seems excessive. You know, in my mind, that's what I was thinking. And now that I've been on the course, I was like, oh, that was a hell of an idea. Like, that's a really good idea. So now you guys are planning <laughs> sessions, right, for like, next year. If you can somehow build a sauna around that hill and then do that, then, then you might be there. You might be there. But, like, seriously, it, it's just a humbling experience. And it, it, you feel like you're doing – you're running a 100-mile race and doing agility drills the whole time because you have to pick your legs up and you have to move in ways that you know on our western trails our classic rocky mountain trails mm. yeah there's rocks but so what <laughs> you're not you don't have to pick your you don't have to get that knee bend up to 90 degrees to run on a trail here right. and there's less lateral movement yeah and like you just that. you have to be athletic to be totally honest you have to be light on your feet and athletic to do well at hurt so I'm going to take us off course, but this is something I keep wanting to ask, and then we'll get back to the regularly, regularly scheduled program. <laughs> Are there monkeys? No. No. Okay. Because in my head, I want I there to I be monkeys. I think I heard one, though. I want there to, I <laughs> That was want, probably me. I like to make weird jungle noises. <laughs> I want there to be monkeys and wild boars on the course. Well, there are wild boars. wild boars. Did you, did you yes. see them? I didn't. I, I heard a couple, but I never saw Because they're scary. One. I thought I heard a couple, too, but I probably didn't. Okay. Because <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I thought I – no, but – so the one thing that's creepy though is the bamboo shoots yeah. at night. Like stuff's constantly breaking off. Yeah, that's what and Trevor like, was saying. Last I, there was a couple times I like turned around and like ducked, you know, like yeah. ah. <laughs> I thought I thought something was gonna fall on my head. Yeah. Well, and it was funny because there, when you would go back and retrace your steps on the out and backs, when you came back and it's like an hour difference, but there'd be bamboo falling over on the yeah. trail and stuff. Uh-huh. So. You could easily get whacked in the head with one of those. Yeah, yeah. I think monkeys are doing that. Like, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm bent on there's monkeys on the course. I don't care if you guys saw them or not. It's like Bigfoot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's, there's Bigfoot <laughs> out here for sure. Monkeys up there Lava with like monkeys. a Swiss Army knife. Yeah. Right? They got their little Swiss Army knife like MacGyver, and they're just sawing these bamboos and pushing them over. And you guys can't, can't it see was, It was actually on. Gary Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> he was out there trying to sabotage the It's course. like, look at Gary Strava. He has no running that whole week because he's out there just like, you know, doing these little booby traps. All the <laughs> bike routes were all fake. Yep. He's got hubba yeah, bubba, really bailing wire, you know, st- uh, paper clips and a, and a Swiss <laughs> Army knife. So he's, he's setting the course. Um, let's shift gears a little bit over to you, Preston. So your, your, your race, it's your first year going into it first and second lap sounds like they were on par with where you wanted to be yeah time wise yeah, sure um, then what i mean what happened ultimately with your your course i was watching you so, as well on the list so if i if i'm totally honest which is what um, we do here on the Trump yeah Watch i'm podcast. usually a pretty honest guy i try not to <laughs> to sugarcoat things but that starting the third loop <clears throat> sorry he's still laughing <laughs> at my still monkey laughing stuff at the monkey. man <laughs> we I, I really had water come out of my nose um <laughs> sorry <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm not um, editing any of this. <laughs> Good. It doesn't need to be edited. Uh, so anyways, start of the third loop. You go up hogs back. And that climb, I mean, it's awesome. It's a good climb. <laughs> no, it is. It's a good climb. And it's it never beat me. I never felt discouraged going up that climb at all. And so I climbed real well. I was with another runner that uh, was from Washington, D.C. I think his name was Derek. Probably not. But he was from Washington, <laughs> D.C. for sure. And he was super experienced and... And me and him, had, we were talking, and, you know, we both were just first-timers out there and going pretty well. 
and we get to the to the road and I joked about because there's a there's a barrier a road barrier like a um what do you call it barricade just, yeah mm-hmm. just like a normal like guardrail guard, oh, there, okay. we go. there we go a guardrail that you can either go over or go around and I always went around we actually talked about this at dinner yeah. whether you go over or around because uh, <laughs> it's like two feet difference right I would go under, uh, like lim- yeah. limbo <laughs> and so. We started, you know, right there. You hit the road, and and I ran, and because I felt really good, and you know, my nutrition had been good at this point. Everything was feeling good, and then after you get off the road, there's a section where you kind of traverse over to the big Rudy section, um, and it's really runnable. And I ran because I felt really good, and I think in doing that, I maybe flew a little too close to the sun and didn't realize it because I I didn't feel like my heart rate was elevated. I really don't, but for whatever reason, that just kind of set off a chain of events where. I just started coughing, and then that coughing turned into uh, turned into vomiting, um, and I I got really low going down into to Manoa Falls, um, but I was still just kind of battling. I, I my whole mantra all day was just settle in, you know, settle into whatever the pace is, just settle in and relax because it's going to be okay. And so I settled in on the downhill, and then coming back out of of Manoa, I just kind of fell apart. Um, up that climb and I started to have to take breaks every couple of minutes um, or throw up or, you know, just dry heave. And so it was just kind of a weird thing. Um, but I, if I, if we're being honest, I probably shouldn't have ran right yeah. there. I probably should have just kept taking it easy. The guy that I was with kept taking it easy and then he felt good enough that he went down the downhill a lot better than I did. And he wasn't doing the jump off the, the stairs real slowly and try not to crash. Um, and so, you know, it's just, it wears at you. And I was sick and had no calories in, and I just was moving really slow. And, uh, you know, I, I would have been fighting cutoffs, and I, I felt sick enough. I mean, my my favorite story to tell so far is that when I dropped, you know, they kept telling me, you just need to leave. And I was like, okay, yeah, but then I'm going to walk 20 yards up the course, and I'm going to throw up, and I'm going to turn back around. And they're like, yeah, whatever, you know, because <laughs> I had eaten at the aid station. I had had some broth and, and tried to drink um, as much as I could without feeling like I was overdoing it. And, uh, you know, I I knew it was I could feel in my stomach that it wasn't going anywhere. And uh, so I went and dropped and then walking to the car, I vomited everything <laughs> out, just walking up up the little hill to where. Katie had parked our car. You shouldn't and, do it in the car. No, I didn't do it in the car. <laughs> and so, and then I didn't eat until like 6.30 the next day, wow. 6.30 at night. So, so I, still... I was pretty wrecked. Yeah. Um, but I also mentally was wrecked from the difficulty of the course. And, and there's no way to describe it. Like I said, Trevor, my buddy Ian, everybody tried to warn me. And I, I, was, I felt warned. But it's just, it's difficult. And you have to be comfortable with 36 hours. And I was I was right there with with the people that were there with me when I dropped were the people that finished the last hour. I wow. think I already said that. But yeah. anyways, it's uh it was humbling for sure. Um, humbling enough that I almost signed up for another hundred yesterday just to try to get the monkey off my back. See, um, I knew there were monkeys. Yeah, there's that monkey. <laughs> there's that monkey. There's that <laughs> monkey for sure. But yeah, that, that's kind of how where my race fell apart. First two loops were good. Um, you don't really feel the course until the third loop, though. I don't think. I think Trevor would agree. The first two loops yeah. are pretty chill. Definitely. First loop especially. And Yeah. Yeah, I think I started feeling it around loop three. And you just it's just a general fatigue, you know. There's there's really no way to prepare your legs for what they're about to get into. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And and you just are flat out tired, man. Your legs are just tired, so well, one of the things for the what we've just started, um, we have a Patreon page, and if at a certain level, I'd let people know if they're 
they get in a certain level, I let them know who our guests are going to be. And since we're new, we don't have a ton of Patreon. Mm-hmm. We, we have a question for you guys from one of our Patreon supporters, Patrick, who just moved to Ogden from nice. Colorado. Right on. Um, Good news, man. Yeah, great news. <laughs> Um, so here's a question for you both um, from him. He says, since Hurt 100 is known to be both hot and humid, what were your strategies to avoid blistering or chafing? Did it work? And would you try anything different in the future? Congrats on towing the line at such an iconic race. So that was to you guys from Patrick. So I'll let you guys, you know, whoever wants to go first. But uh, your strategies, hot and humid weather, what were your strategies mm-hmm. to avoid chafing? And did it work or would you do something different? Well, we both talked about we did sauna. Um, for the right. heat and humidity. I did some steam room, too. I found the steam room to be terrible. Um, the sauna is very bearable, and I felt like I could manage. I couldn't. I think the most I stayed in the steam room was like 20 minutes, and I felt like I was going to die. Um, but I didn't do crazy amounts of sauna time. Maybe Trevor did more, but I, I was only ever in there for about a half hour after like uh, a... Same. Yeah, and that's. I felt like that was more than enough. I felt like it was enough at Western States last year, too, for me. And then as far as my feet go, I mean, this is really going to make some people angry. Um, I thought it would change this race, that I would actually have foot problems, but I've never had foot problems, even this race. I, I wore my same regular socks. I mean, they're not a special brand. They're the brand that Trevor wore last year. I, I read in his race report, I wore mm-hmm. features. Um, I wore feature socks. Yeah, so I wore feature socks, and I had zero foot problems. What about, like, for chafing, like, so, the so, crotch area, the, so, the nipple, the armpits, where the so I'll, are? So I'll, I'll give a shout-out to the compression shorts that I wore. It's kind of a funny compression short brand name. They're called Saks, oh, yeah. S-A-X-X. I, I wear their so stuff. They're great. Um, I wore Saks, and I lubed up with Squirrel's Nut Butter, and I had zero chafing zero. problem. Because, real quick, I'm going to get off before trip. Did you guys see Candace yes. Burt's yes. chase? Yes. We sat at dinner with her on Monday night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I looked at that picture seven times and yeah. kept rotating. At first, I couldn't figure out where it was. <laughs> right? I'm like, is that yeah. her knee or ankle? I mean, because she's, you know, it was pretty gnarly. slim build, but my God, man. Yeah. What um, about you, Trevor? Chafing and blistering. Same thing. So, so I don't really chafe, and this might upset people too, but I don't really chafe that much. And I, the only time I've ever had foot issues was last year it hurt and my foot issues wasn't blisters so much it was that my socks were holding so much moisture that it was causing the insoles in my shoes to slip um so this year i used dry max socks okay. and that fixed the problem right away and i had no blisters whatsoever wow. not a single one that's um, insane my toes are trash like you don't have any hand, toenails but, but, but you got no a, blisters that's not a humidity thing that's a <laughs> kicking roots all day thing um and then yeah squirrels nut butter is the best stuff out there obviously you know would you guys change anything than what you did this year no cool no No? yeah i was i felt really prepared i was worried about the chafing i've heard horror stories about people feeling like they're going to lose body parts well because it was rainy yeah that adds to it oh you were you were literally soaked from head to toe did you guys start did you guys uh squirrels nut butter at every like every loop i did one other time when i felt like maybe it was warming up a little between my legs (laughs) and <laughs> but that was the only time. Yeah, I, so. I applied at 4:30 in the morning at the hotel and never had to reapply. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. I lo- and I love SNB. Yeah. And it quick, uh, I get to be one of their ambassadors this year. They nice. say awesome, Very which cool. is cool for me. Yeah. Stuff. I, use, I I use their stuff just for fun. I can have <laughs> some on right now. Yeah. I have a new. I'm just coming to eat some cheese curds. So I'm like, I'm gonna throw some on. I have the happy toes all over my feet right Yo, now. That that's stuff that's is been a so lifesaver. Good. So it, um, I would say no blisters or, or anything like that on my feet. But coming back to Utah, it's like the, hum- the moisture got sucked out of them immediately, oh, yeah. and they just started Dry. cracking. So yeah, that, yeah, that happy toes is yeah. awesome. It's great. Oh, great I love stuff. that stuff. 
I put it on my salads. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it just adds that minty very, flavor. Very floral and minty. Um, so I know there's a lot of people listening. We're going to have President to spit more water. Um, I know a lot of people are listening out there. What advice would you give to somebody like myself? Like, I seriously want to run her. And when I talk to you guys, it makes me want to do it now, right? Right. What advice would you have people that get in, right? So I'm not saying that want to get in. Say, hey, I've got into the race. Never been there before, never been on the course. What kind of just advice would you give to those people? You, you can go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Um, so obviously I DNF'd, and I really want to go back and run it again, like mm-hmm. really badly. So obviously that says how special it is. So if you were thinking about doing this race, find a way to do it, first of all. Um, and then as far as how you approach it, uh, just know that you've never done anything like it. Until you've done a couple loops, you've never done anything like it, period. And I don't know if there's a way to prepare. You just have to prepare like you're preparing for a tough ultra and hope that mentally you can get over the fact that it's going to be harder than you thought it was. Yeah. Um, to add on that, I would say hill repeats would be the way to go to get your vote. True. Um, here I utilized Maylands, which is kind of the classic, but um, it's perfect because it's around 2,000 feet of climbing. Um, and so all the climbs, so each loop at her is basically made up of three la- three legs that are each a 1,500-foot to 800-foot climb and then descent. And so you're basically doing hill repeats at all the race. Day. Yeah. Um, all night. And so if you can train like that and just get your legs used to that constant up and down, um, I think that helps for sure. That's going to eliminate some of the fatigue and, and get those quads firing and everything. Yeah. Um, and and to piggyback on what Preston said, uh, don't have too many expectations. Um, just just go into it and get humbled and enjoy the hell out of the experience because you're, you're going to – Every ounce of ego that you have is going to go away in that second loop. Very <laughs> and then, quickly. And then it's going to be shattered by loop five. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to be, when you cross that finish line, you are going to be a different person, 100%. So what's the, um, this is a, I mean, we're, we got stuff to still, we're going to get you both a lightning round, but what's the, what do they call it at the end? Is it the awards banquet, the awards ceremony, the finishers, whatever mm-hmm. they do? How, what's that like? Because I imagine that's just this huge, like, kumbaya bonding thing. You're looking around the, the area going, oh my God, we just, whether you DNF'd, whether you finished, it's like this was magical, right? It, it's super fun because, for one, they give everyone a little time to go home and sleep beforehand. Um, other races, you know, the, the awards or whatever are immediately after the, the cutoff time. And the, the finishers or the winners are, and everybody there is just beat down and it's hard to really enjoy it. Here you get a full day of rest, basically, and then go, go home back. and surf, and then come back. Yeah, or, or sleep and eat, probably. <laughs> yeah. but, but whatever eat a whole you're pizza into, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> if you're Avery Collins, horseback riding on the North Shore with, with Sabrina. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, so it's it's funny because the race directors have been doing it for a long time, and and they have a lot of stories and a lot of things to talk about, and some of it's pretty drawn out, and it almost becomes comical in that sense, um, especially. Um, with, the gentleman who makes the awards, which, by the way, if if you're looking for sweet awards, this is the race to do. For top three or for everybody? Top three, male and female. I mean, obviously, everyone gets a bunch of great swag. The, the belt buckles and yes. everything are great. Um, but as far as the awards for the top three, they're custom-made, and they're different every year, and they're, they're themed to something in Hawaii. So this year it was uh, Poi Board and Pounder. Um, and it, the thing is just beautiful you know it has my finishing time engraved in it and everything wow. and uh I, the guy finished it like i don't know i think he said 
a half an hour before the, <laughs> the <laughs> he, was, he was still waiting for the acrylic to dry on on top of it at the award ceremony. So, um, and it had a blood moon on it because there was a blood moon that night. Um, but they're, they're just super cool. But he, uh, goes on very, very, very long stories about how he came up with the idea. Um, and it's just funny, man. And every, <laughs> everyone there, you can just tell that the race means so much to them that that their stories are all really heartwarming. And it's, you know, it's just unique. And, and everyone gets to, to eat and drink beer. And it's a good time. It so. is a good time. And Trevor and I talked that we wish more races could do something like that. I think there, it's a unique situation with such few starters allowed. What, and, we, what do we and say, like 130? 130. Okay. And they do it at a, at a nice country club in Kailua. Um, they're on the island, and, and it's beautiful, and it's a wonderful event. And you really feel like you're part of the Ohana. You're part of the family. And uh, the stories are great. I mean, my favorite part of the evening was just the hurt patrol coordinator. They So they have, like, a safety patrol out there just to make sure somebody doesn't need to get carried off the course. Um, and they talked about all the injuries, you know, broken ribs, Jeez. broken foot, lacerated spleen. Um, yeah. Like, like yeah, or liver. Something was mm-hmm. lacerated. Some sort um, of internal Yeah, some sort of, of internal organ. Yeah. Damn and, like, you know, so they just... And it was just a great, it was a great dinner. It was fun. You know, like, like Trevor said, the people involved in the race care so much about it. Um, and just that same care that you feel in the aid stations, you felt at the banquet. And it was, it was a really cool experience. Even though I DNF'd, I mean, there was, I felt no shame in being there. I felt well, almost yeah. half the field did realistically. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So I, I just look forward to the day when I stand up there, when they call up all the finishers. Because uh, they'll be really rewarding. Yeah, and, and they have a fun little ceremony for all the first-time hurt version finishers, um, where they get a bunch of donated Aloha shirts, and they're they're generally like, I mean, you know, the typical size of ultra runners, but they're they're typically like triple XL Aloha shirts. Mine last <laughs> oh, yeah. year went down to my ankles, <laughs> um, but it's it's just it's just a fun man, fun the, the, cool the, tradition. And the lottery is like August, we said, right? Yeah, right. Damn, that's a long way to to do that yeah i don't know it's another i don't know it's just another one of those really captivating races and the more Mm -hmm. i talk to people about it like i said trevor talked to you last year now i got both of you and we've talked before this preston but it just seems awesome though it's a special thing stories and the smiles when you guys are and people can't see that it's just the expressions you guys use when you're telling the stories makes the stories pop a little bit more for (laughs) me and trevor's award is really cool yeah. Like it's legitimate, like huge, like stone to crush poi. The, yeah. The, yeah, to it, crush. I it's guess pretty. it's it's taro that they make into poi. But uh, yeah, it's really cool. So, so Trevor, do you want to go back? Um, You've done it two years in a row. You finished yeah. third last year, fifth last fifth year, last year, and yeah. second this year. A hundred percent, definitely want to go back. Yeah. If I mean, if I can swing it, like and you're you an said, automatic entry too, right? Finishing top three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the challenge just comes down to a couple things um one is it's a sacrifice yeah because you're training during the holidays and yeah. when you have kids and family that's a lot to ask of them you know so um me and me and my wife have both talked about this and it's definitely something we know we can't do forever um and we've talked about not doing it next year to give it a break but at the same time next year's the 20th anniversary um i'm still kind of in my prime I still want to win the thing. I still have the fire for that. So, like, I think we're going to figure out a way to make it work. Well, so. if you don't, I'll start growing my hair now. <laughs> if you don't mind, if your, your ultra sign-up percentage slips a little bit. 
<laughs> I'll put on some, put you know, lose some weight, put on some, you know, tattoos on the arm. I'm like, hey, I'm here. Just change a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I bet you can get in, man. You, you got some kukui nuts for sure. To work with. I don't even know what that means, but I like that. That's, that's your raffle tickets. I want that on my kukui shirt. nuts. I got kukui nuts for days. <laughs> kukui, kukui. What about, um, what about you, Preston? You said you want to go back. Yeah, I, I've got to go back. Do you want to um, go back this coming year? I'd like to. Yeah. I'd like to try, but I mean, it's I'm totally at the mercy of of the lottery gods there, which I've had pretty good luck with for, yeah, was for two years in a row <laughs> with Western, and then kind of an anom- you're an anomaly. Yeah, I am. Uh, yeah, me and Shane, Shane Martin, Martin yep. you know, Western States Hard Rock Double. Um, but anyways, I uh, I really want to go back. It's an incredible race, different experience than I've ever had before anywhere else, and you know, I, the Bears pretty low key yeah. as well, and this is even even more you know you just feel grassroots and and i think the bear still is that but as far as it's just a wonderful event and i want to go back and i just want to reiterate before we move on that the the ability to run under 24 hours on that course takes an incredible effort and what trevor was able to do what those three guys at the front were able to do uh is is amazing to me i the the mental focus and fortitude and competitive drive that you have to have to do that and to train through the holidays. I mean, that was the hardest part for me too. And, and I didn't train near as much as Trevor. I put in a really good block, but, uh, you know, Malin's 20 times in December for me, I think Uh, that was a lot of times up Malin's and how many did you do Trevor 30? I lost count. Yeah. 40. 40. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, you got to get up and down hills. You got to work real hard in a time when it's not fun to work real hard. But it's so worth it just to get over there and have the opportunity to tow the line at that race. Yeah. Well, before we get into the lightning round, real quick, um, what do you have on schedule this year, Trevor? Now you got um, there's a race in, in July that's people have heard about. You're doing uh, never heard. I of don't it. know if anyone's heard never of it. Heard uh, of it. Uh, something like some stone <laughs> ball hard rock, right? <laughs> hard rock. Yeah, I forgot the name. Um, so you're doing hard rock. What yeah. else you got on your schedule this year? So the current plan is to do Zane Gray 50 oh, in yeah. um, April. Yep. End of April. I'm going to go up and do a, a huge race up in uh, Lander, Wyoming in, oh, yeah. in June, uh, pay, pay a visit to our buddy Gabe yep. at the Sinks Canyon. That's um, a great course. And then I am on, I'm 20th on the wait list at Bear. Um, so I did that sort of strategically so I could see how I feel after Hard Rock <laughs> and still probably get into Bear. So I, I hope to run that finally, um, take a year off Wasatch and do some of these other races. So, nice. Um, yeah, pretty stoked about that's a good All schedule. Mm-hmm. Great schedule. What about you? So Preston. I've got Rufa here in there a couple go. weeks. Couple weeks. Good rebound for me. You know, just nothing better than 24 hours of walking up and down a hill. <laughs> um, it'll be good for me. I look for, forward to the therapy session that I'm going to have with Malins because um, it'll be fun. And then uh, after that, I've got the the legendary Gib Wallace Memorial Run. Yeah, uh, in like May, signed up for that, and then uh, you know, right now I haven't officially signed up, but the tentative plan is is Squaw Peak again. Okay. Uh, kind of like that race; it just is a good early season, pretty challenging fifty. Yeah, and then uh, I and the Tushers seventy k. Uh, oh, it's in August, and, right? Yeah, it's at, well, July. it's the end of July, end of last July. weekend of July this year, and then uh, gonna finish up with the Bear. So that's that's what I've got planned so far. That's awesome. Nice. All right, fellas, so we're getting into the lightning round, and you guys have an advantage over most people just because I'm going to hit you. You have to answer the same question, but, like, for the first one, Trevor starts, so you get time to think about it, Preston. And All the right. next one, Preston oh starts, right? So we're going back and forth. So 
when people hear lightning round, that's usually what comes to your head, right? right. It's not like a thinking question, but in the past, we've had way too much thinking. I had Turtle on last <laughs> week, and that was kind of hard. His, his questions were like paragraphs, right. right? Or his answers, excuse me. So um, I'm going to start you off easy, okay? You're just in Hawaii, and we're going to start with – we'll start with Preston. Sounds okay. good. Fair enough. Um, you're in Hawaii. Board shorts or Speedo? Uh, board shorts. Speedo. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um Okay, now we go back to you. Now we go over to Trevor. Is there a race you haven't or, or you want to run but haven't yet? Definitely. Um, Grand Raid. Grand Raid. That's in... Uh, Reunion Island. Where's that? Uh, somewhere near Madagascar, I believe. Okay, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen <laughs> that. The big Animation. heroes go, like yeah. like Francois that's won right. it a couple times. Killian's won mm-hmm. it a couple times. Oh, that's a I think step. Jim's gone over to it. Yeah. Skaggs? Yeah. Yep. Skaggs, <laughs> Skaggs, for sure. Um, what about you, Preston? I'd like to do Hard Rock. Okay. Like to finish hurt more than I'd like to do hard rock though. Okay. And now we're back to Preston. Most intriguing trail runner to you and why? Wow. <laughs> I'm gonna pull a turtle Miller here and and <laughs> dance around it. I thought you were no, gonna say I, turtle no, you Miller. know what it is. You know who it is. He was on the Rick Roll podcast this week. Finally, uh, Killian. I think oh, yeah. he is incredibly intriguing. Yeah, his he is. his outlook of our sport and what it is and what it really means in the grand scheme of things, which yeah. is nothing. Um, it was a great listen. I encourage anybody to go listen to Definitely. that. I'm going to play off that, and I'm going to say Emily Forsberg. Oh, yeah. Um, because I think that would be fascinating to be Killian's partner and and uh, everything that comes with that. So. Okay. All right, and uh, this is who we at where with you. And you kind of have this one as an easy answer for you. Um, if you could have any company sponsor you, who would it be? Uh, Raid Light. <laughs> <laughs> who you're sponsored by, so that makes it easy for sponsored athletes. <laughs> um, you know, just to be totally honest, I've I've had a great experience with, with Raid Light, and um, their apparel is wonderful. Their gear is amazing. Everything's almost overly thought out, and uh, I really appreciate all the support they've given me. So um, also ultra running would, you know, so. How about, how well, about you on First of all, athlete? I don't deserve a sponsorship. <laughs> um, never will. But uh, if you could. But I, if I could, I would want Trevor to get some legit sponsorship attention because he's the real deal. Uh, he's an elite mountain runner, elite technical runner in my eyes. Um, if I could, I'd say Hoka. For you? Yeah, uh, for shoes. If I was picking a shoe sponsor, I'd say Hoka. I love Hoka shoes. Yeah, I, I've been a diehard Speed Goat 2 guy. Okay. So as my, as many people are, I think. But I'd say Speed Goat and maybe Solomon Apparel. I don't know. They're, I, I don't like know Solomon you could Apparel. Do both. You Solomon and Hoka, yeah. You couldn't. You I could just be have a trendsetter. I, totally. <laughs> Because I'm going to be the guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up. Now we're back to uh, Preston. All right. So this came from one of our listeners, and I think this is awesome. So I, I ask a question every every time, um, and we'll get to it. And I'll, I'll, I'm going to preface that. So the question I always ask people is, who is your Mount Rushmore of trail runners? So okay. that's going to be the next question. However, the first question is that, and we're starting with you, who is actually on Mount Rushmore. Who is actually on Mount Rushmore? <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt. Yep. Abraham Lincoln. Yep. George Washington. Yep. And oh, I want to say FDR, but I don't think it is FDR. How about you, Trevor? What do you think, Trevor? Oh, I got on. the I got the first three. Now I'm struggling. Um, You're right. Teddy Roosevelt's my favorite person, yeah. by the way. <laughs> so Teddy is right. Because he had his Abe own is right. Washington is right. The third one, or the fourth one. Sorry. The fourth one. Hold on. Let me think. I didn't know we were going to have a history I'm a, just, right? I'm a history <laughs> nerd, actually, but now I'm embarrassed that I don't know who the fourth person is. Let me think about it real quick. First, 
Thomas Jefferson. Good. Nailed okay. it. Good. Sorry. Took me a second there, guys. That's all right. That's pretty good because someone, someone emailed. So. I just appreciate Preston bailing me out there. <laughs> Trevor's over there going, uh. Can I get another beer? <laughs> okay. So we'll go back to the original question. Who is, uh, we'll go, it's Trevor's turn. Who is your Mount Rushmore? Your four people on your trail running Mount Rushmore. Yikes. Um, can we put Gordy on there? No, absolutely. <laughs> Anybody you want. Uh, Scott Jurek. Okay. And Trayson. Okay. And I don't know. <laughs> That's a hard question. It is, right? Question. That's why we do them here. Very hard question. So I think the the most no-brain answer, I think, is Anne. Anne Trayson. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I really think that's a no-brainer. Um, and then as far as the other guys, our gals. Um, yeah, three more. Well, I know it's recency bias, and I already mentioned him that I'd, you know, as far as It can be guys, anybody. Yeah. I would say Killian okay. would, would yeah. go on there um, just because of his diversity and his abilities. You know, he short, long, it doesn't matter. So those two for sure. And then after that, I mean, you could go – any number of ways. Uh, here, I'll just throw it out there. I'll just say Meltzer because he's won the most. Okay. And Jurek because of the streak at Western. Okay. All good. I think it's it's one that I don't think you'd ever go wrong on. No, right? but there's because so many there's so good. Many. You feel bad because there's so many good runners. That's why I said I think Anne. How do you think all the presidents feel? Well, <laughs> you know. Right? How do you think they all feel? They're like, dude, they're all four? They're all dead. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I think Anne's the most no-brainer answer, though, yeah. on that, on yeah. the Mount Rushmore. All right, now we're back to Preston. Would you rather have a course record or FKT? Well, neither is realistic at all for does, me. These are these are. I all could make up an FKT, just do like, I set the FKT for eight trips up Ben Loman and back or something. Okay, so would make you it rather, ridiculous. You would rather long. have an FKT? No, I'd rather have a course record. You would. I think that's more. I mean, I think having a course record on an established course is much more legit than an FKT. Okay. Not that FKTs aren't legit. Like Jim's Grand Canyon FKT, super big Jim's time. Jim's Gags. Yeah, Jim's Gags. <laughs> again. Yeah, again. Every time you know, say Jim, his, that's what I think His about. five hours and 45 minutes, you know, Jim did it for sure, right? <laughs> no, but I think, I, course think it, record. I think it's all relative, but I think a course record on a course that hasn't changed, gotcha. right? Because some of these courses have changed, and so it's not Too the much. same. Yep. How about you? How about you? I was just going to go straight forward, but he brought up a point that I, I kind of struggle with the CRs on a lot of trail runs because um, courses change, change so much. Yeah. And not even just uh, route changes and thing, you know rerouted because of forest fires or erosion or anything, but like just day-to-day yeah. because of weather. Um, but I, I still think CR. It's course right. record. Yeah. All right, now we're over to you. Um, if you have a movie about your life, who plays you? What actor plays you about your movie mm. in your life? Preston Wood. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm a bad actor. Yeah. <laughs> in his debut. Yeah, his debut. for sure. How about you? Uh, Chris Pratt. Ooh, yeah. Nice. Captain Just because my wife has a crush on him, I think. <laughs> so so you, you have the poster in your room. Yeah, so you well Star-Lord. <laughs> yeah, Star-Lord. Um, fav- uh, Preston, favorite race distance and why? Uh, yeah, I actually had this discussion in the middle of the race, in the middle of Hurt. I've never run 100K. A lot of people say 100K. I'm gonna, so I gotta say what I've run, a 50 mile. I, yeah. I love. It's a long day in the mountains still with aid. You're doing what you love with total support, and you're done before it's dark. Okay. Most times. Most times. Yeah. yeah. How about you? Uh, 
100 mile. Yeah? I, it's because you're a grinder. I like 50Ks, too, because I, I like to challenge myself and get out of my comfort zone and run faster than I'm used to. But I like to just grind, man, and just embrace the pain. <laughs> That's a tough one. What's your Trevor, what's your uh, favorite part of trail running? Oh, definitely the people. Yeah. For sure. Trail running in general, I I don't usually do with people, I guess. So it's it's just getting out and enjoying nature and just having that alone time and, and those experiences. Um, but as far as, as racing goes, it's definitely the people, okay. 100%. Say the question again. Sorry. I got um, lost in Trevor's favorite, eyes. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> favorite part of trail running? Favorite part of trail running is the training. Um, and the people, I mean, obviously these events are wonderful and, you know, people talk about trail running getting overrun and there's too many people, but when you go to a hundred mile race, you see about the same 30 or 40 people almost yeah. every hundred miler. Cause there's, it's just hard and see, it's good to build those relationships, but there's nothing for me like a, a summer night at nine o'clock on the BST or, you know, somewhere here local when you're all alone and it's dark and, and you're sweating and. Like that's my, that's why I do it. I love that. I just love being out there alone and sweating and feeling, feeling like I can just zone out and not worry about work or whatever is bothering me that day. All right. So this one's going to be next one's tricky because you're both veterans of the podcast. So besides being on the trail manners podcast, what's the next best thing that's come from trail running for each of you? We're starting with Preston this time. I think just a healthier lifestyle, lifelong you know, pursuit that I feel like it's going to be lifelong of just bettering myself. And I think that's, that's just a wonderful blessing of the sport. You're just always trying to be better. And I think that's a good habit to have. I'm basically reiterating my last answer, but I've just met some of my best friends um, from the sport. So, and in every race I meet somebody new that if I spend 20 miles running with them, like, like Nick this year, it's like, you know, we become lifelong friends and, and keep in touch forever. So, all right, last one, and then we'll wrap it up. So we're back to you. All right, <laughs> something interesting people may not know about you. Oh, man. <laughs> something interesting. Uh, random trivia. Random about trivia. You. I was not prepared to answer anything <laughs> like this. Because um, I don't know what people know about me, I guess. Um I used to be a pretty good hockey player back in high school. Okay, that's good. Despite my my short uh, stature. <laughs> there you go. How about you? You uh, got time to think about you it. You know, I my close friends will know this, but I am really into like early '90s, mid '90s gangster rap. <laughs> like that's usually if I, if I listen to music, that's what I'm listening Which to. Which is like Snoop and Dr. Dre and like nwo and and then just some more like like jurassic five type stuff um i would have never the, picked that about you those kind of like i, I like good hip-hop too like nas um notorious big like just classic you know stuff you hear on the radio some of it but some of it not and i don't know that's just my west valley background i guess <laughs> um I you, you, you say- listen to it in the in the weight room enough you start to like it but uh yeah i i like to listen to to some gangster rap or just some good classic hip hop where they're just really good with their words. I thought you were going to say something else. When you started going down that, I was like reading your mouth and you were going, you know, people may not know this about my close friends. I'm really into, I think you're going to say, I think you say knitting. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm not, but it'd be cool. I'm I was sure. going to say, wow, that's, that's something <laughs> yeah. that I think people are going to want to know. <laughs> yeah, to learn. He's got his own Etsy yeah. page we had no idea about. Yep. <laughs> Etsy by Preston. Yeah. Yep. Probably have some, like, you know, like they have, like, uh, a different name, under a different name, your pen name, your, your knit name. Yep. Um, well, guys, thanks again for coming on. I know you've both been on the show before, but uh, for me, hearing about Hurt from both your perspectives, first time, second time, the success you both have had there, um, you know, I think even though you say you DNF, that's being there, going that far, that's success from everything I hear about the race. Appreciate so um, thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing those tidbits with everybody. Um, and it's just super psyched for both of you to see what you, I mean, you know, Preston downplays how good a runner he is. Um, for sure, and uh, I'm looking forward to a big year from you. And I can't wait on Trevor's side just to see what transpires at Hard Rock because yeah. I'm going to be down. I got my campsite fun. already reserved. <laughs> I'm going down to hang out. So um, thanks both of you. Um, congrats on coming back safely and having uh, success over on thank you in Hawaii. Great to be back on the show. All right, thank all right. We'll talk to you guys later. Thank you for listening to the Trail Manners podcast. I'd like to thank Trevor Books and Preston Wood for joining us today. I also want to encourage everybody to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Trail Manners, or you can swing by our website at trailmanners.com. There you can check out our store page or hit us up on the contact page. Let us know what you want to see, who you want to hear, or if you would like to be on the show. Until next time, this is Eric Manning reminding you, you don't get what you wish for, you get what you work for. Now go get it.